Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? I'm just trying to kind of shake off the the October vibe. Try to try to get this candy off me. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like I got a little bit of a cold. You Maybe do? I need to go to the doctor. Okay. Yeah. Is there more to that? I need some help. I need a doctor. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can help you with that today, but I can maybe help you get some therapy. Really? Yeah. You want to know what that is? Yeah. That's that's amazing timing. It's uncanny. Really? Yeah. The the just the. It's amazing how we just happen to. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. First off, stop that. Do you okay. feel better? Yeah. No. Well, anyway, so we'll just we'll describe what your therapy will be, but I'm not completely sure they're going to be able to help your cold. But with us today, we have Caitlin Doyle, who is the CEO and founder of Therawe Connect. Caitlin, is this all true? This is true. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I have a feeling that, well, we'll get into how we know you and what you're doing and stuff like that, but can you help Matt with his cold? Well, I mean, we are primarily focused on therapy and um, doing that together. So you might need to see your primary care provider. Oh, yeah. All right. Fine. So, well, Matt, let me know if you need to if you need to check out at any point. And I'm pretty sure you just made that cold up anyway. So. No, I do have a, a cold. Oh, man. We'll stay away. Anyway, Caitlin, so uh, welcome. We've uh, been exposed to Therawe um, for a number of a number of different times. Uh, first off was a year ago when you were one of the award winners that Fullscale gave some resource credits to at the Pure Pitch Rally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, that has been an incredible experience for us and really helped build on our platform. So thank you for that. Well, thanks for, thanks for winning. Someone needed to. Right. Um, but with that, that was, and it's crazy. That was a year ago because for me, that doesn't feel like that long time, that long ago. Yeah. But yeah. So why don't you go ahead? Let's start with some backstory. And, you know, the, the night of Pure Pitch Rally, uh, it was Kirby Montgomery, who is your, uh, your business partner, co-founder that Mm -hmm. he did the presenting that night. Right. And, uh, but now he calls you boss lady. He said, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to that Kirby. (laughs) Yeah. Actually Kirby, we decided she's in charge too. So yeah. But, But with that, give us some backstory and talk about, um, you know, like what Therawe does and, you know, the problem that you're trying to solve? Yeah. So um, Kirby is um, heading up the product development and he's an absolute whiz on that. I am focusing more on our business development and our fundraising. So um, let's go back about a year and a half um, and kind of start where with where Kirby and I met. So a little bit of background about me. I'm a licensed occupational therapist, and I've spent my career uh, working in pediatric therapy. So working with families who have children with special needs, um, whether that's autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, or other um, medical complexities. I started working in early intervention, and what that means is I was traveling to the homes of families who have children, birth to three. And so that was a really eye-opening experience for me. It um, 
allowed me to see the day-to-day challenges of raising children and raising children with special needs. And so um, from there, I moved into the clinic setting where I got a really great foundation for an organization that does collaboration and pediatric therapy really well. Um, Shout out to Britain Development on that piece. But um, the challenge there was, okay, now um, I need a better understanding of what's going on at home. I need to see what's going on and I need to collaborate with those professionals who are um, working with the family at home. And um, that's a challenge because that that takes a lot of extra communication. It takes a lot of extra time um, outside of the billable treatment session. So Around that time, I was finishing my MBA at Rockhurst University, um, and I was connected through Lisa Mitchell with Kirby, who was actually working on this project um, out of a a master's thesis project at the University of Kansas um, and working with their applied behavioral analysis program on um, how do we make communication better, how do we engage with the parents better, Um, and together we started to solve our problem and work on a solution. And that's what we call therapy today. Okay. So, and and I think it's a really cool thing that you're doing and you got a lot. So the pure pitch rally, and if you want to learn more about that, um, go back in the feed, there's a couple different, we gave away 50 K type episodes, but that you back to where we were, uh, first exposed to this. Um, so the year, the peer pitch rally, uh, is a pitch competition basically. And they get a bunch of people that give away thousand dollar checks and then some other people that give away some other stuff, but you guys did well at that. Cause a lot of people identified with the problem that you were solving. And I think that at pitch competitions like that, it, it's surprising sometimes. And uh, that wasn't, but we just did the, 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 that again this year. And we were surprised with the calving technologies. It was yeah. ag tech. Mm. One. So the things that sometimes the, it, those, those competitions are sometimes really validating because you can see people that are buying into what you're doing. I think you guys got six or $7,000 on top of the 25 we threw in, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. So um, with that, you guys have also, I believe, been a di- you're, you've won Digital Sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about our journey there. Yeah. So Peer Pitch Rally really helped to build out um, our build out and implement our beta of our platform. So we're implemented with um, five different organizations, um, one in Florida, one in Hawaii, Oklahoma, here um, in Kansas as well. And so um, Pure Pitch Rally was really helped as a springboard for that. Uh, moving forward, we then applied to Digital Sandbox and we got a grant there that um, – has allowed us to build out a web version of our platform because um, at the time of Pure Pitch, we were mainly uh, mobile-based. And so Digital Sandbox gave us the opportunity to build out a web version of our platform, which will allow us to integrate with um, practice management software companies, so the medical record companies, um, which is a huge springboard for us as well. Moving forward from Digital Sandbox, Um, We've recently been accepted and uh, participating member in the Launch Health Accelerator, and that is a partnership with Nutera Capital. Correct. Um, And that has been monumental for us as well. Yeah, so Launch KC and that's and FullScale is the official development partner there too. So you 
caught another award, just raining, making yeah. it rain with awards. But yeah, so, and we've had them in, we've actually done an episode about that. I love the the whole way that they pivoted that from grants to top level partners. Because mm-hmm. now, like, I mean, you got the same financial input, but you have a direct line to a healthcare VC that, or a health tech VC that is, has a vested interest in your success. Right. And I mean, that's, that's so much better and still provides the same financial input. And then also launch KC, they went out and found people like us. And, you know, that's another $10,000 credit from full scale and, and stuff like that. And I, I, do you like the way that that is set up more so than just like, Hey, here's a check. Absolutely. And I have nothing but amazing things to say about the launch health accelerator. So not only now do we have access to companies like full scale, so we're getting top of the line um, development um, partnerships, but we are also like um, Matt said, we're able to sit in on a conversation with the guys at Nutera and get real mentoring and feedback um, on how to approach fundraising because it's hard. It's challenging for sure. And, you know, just to be completely transparent, um, being able to sit in a room and and talk about those things, not only is the um, opportunity to have a top level VC um, on our side, on on the cap table, being able to have those conversations with um, high achieving individuals is um, worth just as much as the money is, honestly. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, by the way, I went to college with Jeremy. You did? Yeah. Oh, so I hadn't, I hadn't seen him for 25 years. And when we went to the, uh, the event that announced the health tech uh-huh. thing, he came up, he's like, how you been? And I was like, Whoa, Hey. And I was like, what brought you here? He's like, Oh, you know, that new Terra capital. So I was like, huh? Interesting. Wow. So yeah, Small that's, world. yeah, it really is. Well, congrats on all that success. Now, um, you know, with that, there's always challenges to doing any of this stuff. And, you know, what have been some of the things and some of the obstacles that you've had to climb over um, along the way to start in a physical therapy app? So um, there's, of course, lots of lots of challenges that come with that. Um, right now, we are fully in the trenches of raising funds for capital to continue growing. And, um, you know, you, you guys spoke on, you guys have spoke on the um, resources that are here in the Kansas City area. And I think, you know, being a CEO from the clinical world, it's it's challenging to navigate that process. And so um, having partners like um, Full Scale and Nutera Health and Don Peterson, who have uh, experience navigating that journey has been really been beneficial to me for sure. Yeah, Don's, I love, I love, I love some Don Peterson. He's a uh... He's, he's real. He's, he's awesome. He's fiery too. And I think that that's important too, because, you know, like Don's like a no, a no BS kind of guy, mm-hmm. which yep. is, but to have an advisor like that and someone on your team is good because most of the people you're trying to raise funds from are going to be like that too. Do you agree? They man? are. Yeah. A lot of times they're big personalities. They are. Yeah. So Matt, do you have any input so far? I know you've kind of. Well, so I don't think we did a really good job of covering exactly what therapy does. Okay. You let's know, go back. I think, and, I think we missed that, that a little bit of, mm-hmm. you know, so is it, would you describe it as a teledoc type pro- platform or how would you describe it for listeners? Yeah. So therapy is a HIPAA compliant platform that bridges the gap between the therapy center and the home. And um, what we do is we take 
that time that's being spent outside of the therapy session, communicating with families, sending them home exercise programs, that type of thing. And we take it and we put it inside of the therapy session um, and streamline that, that process for families so that um, essentially mom, dad, grandma, nanny, whoever the caregiver team is, including the other providers, have a direct line to um, the therapist. So um, so you're not, re- you're not, so this isn't like a teledoc sort of thing. No, no. Now, um, if she was my physical therapist and I hurt my leg and I do their physical therapist gives you a bunch of exercises and stuff to do in between sessions. Okay. So the app will help her potentially be able to record or someone at my place or, you know, in my family, be able to record my progress or certain things. Cause mm-hmm. the way I understood it is not all of the, not all of the, um, the ailments are always repeatable at the moment that the therapist is there too. So sometimes it's kind of like a video, like a a video diary or log. And she mentioned she was always having to go to everyone's house and stuff like that. This can bridge that gap a little bit. And I think put you in more places at more times, right? Yeah. So, so your business model is to go to these therapists and say, Hey, we have a tool that will help you with your patients. And this helps, helps the patients kind of track their homework, what they need to do. Yep. Exactly. Uh, collect data collection needs yeah. to be collected and then get that back to the therapist. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We So just to kind of run over some of the features. So um, I'll take you through what that journey might look like. So um, mom or dad brings um, little Johnny to the therapy session. Um, they're in their once a week, 30 minute therapy session. The therapist is explaining to the parent how to practice um reaching or holding onto a toy or walking, those types of things, um, the parent or the therapist records that it's automatically uploaded to all of the approved caregivers. So then grandma knows how to implement it when she's watching little Johnny and the nanny knows how to implement it when, when she is watching little Johnny. Um, when mom returns home, she can review that video so that she knows how to implement it. Um, and then ask the therapist any questions. For example, sometimes um, there's challenges at home that you may not see in the therapy session. At that point, mom can take or whoever is providing care can take a video and send that back to the therapist so that the therapist is now aware of some of the barriers to implementing those strategies or um, they're aware of what the meltdown at bedtime looks like. Gotcha. I understand that struggle. So my my 10-year-old, I we've taken before to for occupational therapy. He's like ODD and like parent. What is that? Um, I don't know. Different like behavioral PCIT. PCIT. Yep. Yep. Parent child interaction therapy. Yep. So, and we would go once a week and the the therapist would tell us about, okay, this is how you should talk to him. And there would have been times it would have been great to been like record him like, being a pain in the ass and be like, okay, yeah, here you go. Here's how he acts. Right. So you got yeah. a video of it. Yeah. So, so. it's, it's, um, as a parent, sometimes it's challenging to either recreate that situation at home that you really need help with or to explain it to the provider. That can be yeah. a challenge you can probably yeah. relate to. Okay. Yeah. And that's that repeatability thing I was saying. It's like it's the same thing with like you're talking about behavioral stuff, but the same thing with like anything physical. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if your arm cramps up, you can't force yourself to do that always at the moment that your therapist is there or whatever's going on. Right. Yeah. I I like to give the example to my background. I did a lot of feeding therapy. And so 
um, in the clinic? How am I supposed to know what the high chair looks like or, you know, how grandma is presenting the food? I don't know those things because I'm not in the home environment. And those are things that really impact the success of um, eating and um, being successful in that situation. Yeah. So how does the financial model work with this? Is it the parents that are paying for this or is this a product that the therapists are typically buying? So we go direct to the therapy organization um, and they um, provide that to their therapists and to their families. We also go to therapy software resellers um, to do an integration with the practice management software and they um essentially white label our product and provide it to their current client base. So what, what are you, where are you guys at kind of in your growth stage now? I mean, you have to, so you have being used in five different mm-hmm. therapy centers. Is that what you said? Yeah. So we're implemented across five different therapy centers across the United States. Um, and they are currently using, using version one of our platform. Version two of our platform is being deployed in the next week or so. So, um, Right now, we are pre-selling for January 1 implementations with version 2 of our platform, which will include the, the web version um, as well as the mobile platform. So how are you doing on, are, are all those customers paying customers? Or are you still kind of in like a beta stage? Yeah, so with version 1 of the platform, we're more so in a beta stage. We have, um, we did a first round of funding that allowed us to create that version of the mm-hmm. platform. We implemented it with those organizations and they've been giving us feedback on um, what really needs to be in version two to drive optimal parent engagement um, and therapist engagement. And so we've taken the opportunity to use that feedback as well as work out the details for um, insurance reimbursement, those types of things. So has their feedback been a lot different than you expected? Like when you ship version one, you're like, oh, they probably they probably want this or that. Like, or did you get feedback that was way different? No, I, I think the feedback that we have gotten so far has been um, pretty true to what we had anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, Kirby is a product whiz. And so he's really good at um, surveying those individuals and um, figuring out um between the two of us, what is really needed for the therapist and for the family. So um, it was kind of nice because, it, you know, during the, those surveys, it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know that um, this process needs to be a little bit smoother. It would be nice to have some push notifications to keep families engaged, those types of things. We can implement that. We're planning on implementing those things. So um, that process has been pretty seamless for us. Yeah, it's interesting when you're building a new product like this is, you know, you, you build it and, and you, ex, you know, you, you think you're solving a certain problem or whatever, and then your users may give you dramatically different feedback or the other thing you have to fight against is your, your users may ask you to do things that you don't, they're really you don't care about, right? Like I want the product to do this. I don't, you know, they, they will drag you in other directions. And one of the hardest things to do is you have to learn to say no. Right. Right. And a good example of this is like, or force yourself to say yes. Yeah, I mean, like, because like, like, what you just described, like you said, the if the users care about something, you don't. Yeah. But at the same time, like maybe you should. It's yeah. just sometimes hard. It's to, hard. Yeah, to unwrap your 
your concept around their reality, but without the users, it doesn't matter. I mean, a good example of this is something like Twitter. It's like a simple messaging thing for 140 characters or whatever, right? And people all the time would say, oh, why don't you be more like Facebook or be more like this? They're like, nope, this is what we do. If you don't like it, we're not your solution, Mm -hmm. right? Like, But then they can be the very best at that thing, right? And so that's the really hard thing about building any kind of software product is you get all this feedback from the customers and it's hard to like go wide and try and do everything? Mm-hmm. Or do you say, nope, we're going to focus on like a specific type of therapy or whatever and go really deep. Like we're going to have this amazing product for this specific type of therapy versus like trying to do everything. And, go and that, was, that was a question I had too, because at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned uh, your background of dealing with kids that were zero to three. And now is this is this product specifically aimed towards those that work with kids with special needs is it specifically for kids or is it just for therapy in general so that's a really good question and i'm glad that you guys hit on this point because you asked earlier about challenges and i think this is one um that is definitely a challenge because you get a lot of feedback it's like oh well this would be great for neuro patients this would be great for geriatric patients and um you know i I think it is important for us to really target um and um, hone in on who our specific market is. We have positioned ourselves in the kind of birth to six range where the research is saying, you know, that's when the most neurodevelopment is happening. And that's when we need really quality, high quality value-based care. And so our platform is helping therapists achieve that. And um, we, like I said, we're really focused in helping therapists and parents navigate those early years of life. And, um, cause that's a challenge for sure. So, um, I guess my question to you guys would be, you know, what's your experience on, um, honing in on a specific target or, um, well, like we have this, you know, we have this problem at Stackify. So our customers are other companies that do software development. So it's literally like millions of people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're going to go sell to everybody. Right. Like, but that's really hard. How do you target your marketing? You know, all these things. So you're better off if you pick a certain segment of the market and and it could be, you know, could be geography. It's like, oh, we're going to service everybody in Kansas, but we're going to focus all of our marketing efforts on Kansas. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it could, for us, it's like it could be a specific programming language or some other the size of the company, the industry they're in. Like, you know, some at some point you just have to, like, pick something and focus on that um, and then potentially what the product does, the feature set, you know, relies, revolves around that. But for you, that's, that's where you have to figure out, are we focused on things that are children related versus, you know, I could see this being useful for physical therapy or senior citizens or something that like the senior citizens don't want to go into the doctor's office. They want to stay at home. And so maybe there's a bunch of features around this for the remote care of it or something, but you could go a whole different, whole bunch of different angles. Right. But then those may change how the product works and product changes, the go-to-market strategies, how you sell it, the type of partners, partnerships right. you're building, yeah. all those things, right? So you can't, when you're a startup and you have limited resources, you can't chase every shiny object. You know, it's like we have a partnership with this company, but our sales and marketing strategy is trying to do this and the product team is trying to solve that problem. They're all different directions. Right. You know, at some point in time, you got to pick one direction and get everybody going that one direction. And, you know, a few months from now, you may solve that one, like, okay, hey, we're really good at this. We have a salesperson who's dealing with this. They're building the, you know, the business development. It's going really well. Now we have the capacity to work on something else, mm-hmm. you know, but at some point in time, you have to just focus 
Yeah. And that's, that's hard. Yeah. And that's exactly what we've done with our strategy and, and really aligning ourselves with that um, early pediatric population. And I, I think there definitely is growth opportunity to move into, um, you know, the geriatric population or even the out patient physical therapy population, but that is not our focus right now. I have something to add to that. That's kind of the same, but different than what Matt said. And it was experience that we had with Gigabook, which uh, an appointment booking platform, gigabook.com if you want to check it out. But, um, we, we immediately eliminated a, a few things that we just knew we'd never win at. Like, for example, we never focused on like hair appointments because there's like six platforms that mm -hmm. dominate the entire industry. We, uh, we stayed away from medical for reasons you'll understand. We didn't want to, um, we didn't want to store the data. We didn't want to deal with HIPAA mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so basically we, and like Matt said, um, you, but you can still focus on, on a niche and still be really general. So we decided we were going to be fully customizable and cater towards platforms that had no booking platform in their industry at all. And it's actually worked out really well, but it, it's also a big pain in the ass because being fully customizable is way harder than building something that performs a specific function. Yep. You know, like what Matt's talking about is, okay, this goes straight and it can turn off and it can change lanes, but it doesn't make right turns. It doesn't make left turns. It doesn't go in reverse and it doesn't lift up. And then, but fully customizable would need to, and it would need to go up, down, it would need to dig. It would need to do a lot of different things. And so that's been a lot more challenging and can, and can um, make your life cycle of developing stuff a lot longer. But at the same time, when you get specific, we have some specific users that they've been with us for five years at this point because of the level of customization. There's nothing out there that does. It's always just like one or two goofy little things, but it's different for all of them. So we haven't really been able to focus the same way. Like Matt, like with Stackify, they, I, he's talking about, they have a specific uh, coding language. So if you need it to check this coding language, they might be the only platform that really does that well. And it's a similar, similar approach. But I think the thing for us was getting rid of the things we knew we'd never win at. Yeah. And by and, the way, food delivery was another one too, like food and restaurant because open table won. Yeah. Exactly, before we yeah. even, they got acquired for a billion dollars, like as we were starting. And then also mind body kind of rules the personal care game and then they bought booker so like these were just two things it was like the hair appointments we knew we'd never win because people call us all the time they'd be like oh i think my cousin would love this she's a hairstylist i'm like don't even just send her over to and that, and them that's, like because it'll you won't like it you know and this insight's good for you to think about like oh we could do geriatric stuff but are there competitors in that space that are really good Right. You know, and then that's where you're like, okay, we're going to stay in this lane over yeah. here. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, you know, that, that's a big part of our focus on pediatrics too, is there are other, I, I mean, you can print off a stock image um, and send that home with the family. And, you know, that may work for outpatient physical therapy or for even, you know, some older populations, but in pediatric therapy, um, it's truly an art. And so it's when it's, reacting or being proactive to when the kid presents to you and how do you facilitate that situation. And so that's where we really come in because we have the opportunity to provide that custom video um, that other, other products aren't able to do. And so that's where we really fit in pediatrics because, um, you know, the, the therapist can provide instruction on that specific kid um, and send that home, you know, automatically to the parents. 
So you've chosen, you have three, there's always obstacles on the way to the cash register in any business. And you have three that are big. You have insurance, mm -hmm. you have HIPAA, and you're dealing with data that has anything related to children. These are three big ones. These are like three huge linebackers present, preventing you from getting the football into the end zone on some days. Has that stuff been a challenge for you? So um, our platform was developed out of um, the University of Kansas. And so when Kirby was initially working on this product, he had to go through the ringer of the HIPAA compliance piece with the University of Kansas Hospital. And um, I think that really set us up for success on that end of things. Um, our platform is unique in that the parent signs the HIPAA re release when they join the platform, and that allows them to invite other providers and um, really be able to connect multiple organizations. So you're not signing a HIPAA release at Children's Mercy and at Britain Development and at your pediatrician's office. You're signing it once in our platform, and the parent is inviting those providers to connect. And that, I think that is what um, solves that piece of it. Yeah, that's good. Now, HIPAA is just, uh, it's just federal regulation that says, yeah, it's kind of like PCI compliance. Um, and hopefully they're finding ways to make that easier and more accessible to wrap your arms around. I remember PCI compliance was a real pain in the butt for a long time. Um, and now it's really easy. Like Stripe, you can just like plug in their payment thing and you're PCI compliant. But, yep. Well, yeah. it's easy because you just don't do it. You rely. Well, on right. It. Well, that's yeah. well, you but, shift the burden to somebody else. But that's yes, the point. Exactly. But, yeah. but that the payment card industry realized that it was a huge obstacle, and if it by making it easier, because man, I'll tell you what. When we first started the ticket company, um, this was years ago. This was in PCI. The PCI compliance was a lot more difficult to deal with. The, our point of sale provider literally had a full time person that worked there that did nothing other than call you and make sure that you could to help you fill out your PCI compliance questionnaire. Yeah. And it was, it was long and it was a pain in the butt. Well, I also worked in the ticket industry yeah. for a while and, Oh yeah, we had people's credit card numbers in our database, Same thing. Yeah. right? Like, yeah. Same and then thing. when PCI that came out, that was the whole point of like, uh, you can't store this shit. Yeah. Like it's got to be encrypted. It's got to be handled the right way. Yeah. And because of that, we had, I mean the same thing. So now we're like, okay, you don't want to touch this crap anymore. You remember those like documents, you, you know, they're like, please confirm that your shredder is a cross cut, not oh, just geez. a vertical cut. And you're like, does anyone there ever write down a credit card on paper? You know, I'm like, my God, but you know, you think about it and that's, and, and, and it makes sense, but it doesn't make it easy. I bought something last night and they, I had to pay half down and half later. And I wrote my credit card number down on a piece of paper. And did, it feel, it did it feel weird? It felt a little weird. I felt a little violated. <laughs> did, did they have the right shredder? I don't know. We'll see. They probably don't. I probably, hang on. They might've sold hang, my credit card number in Russia. Or I was going to say, hang on. Let me see if I can find that <laughs> online real quick. Can you give the number to all of us so yeah, we can yeah, check? Yeah, yeah, 7325. <laughs> That's it. Is that like, is that like when, a girl, it, when yeah. you ask a girl Just, for her phone number and yeah. she only gave you six digits yeah, or yeah. like not enough? Yeah. That shows how old I am because you need 10 now. So I have another, <laughs> another question and topic I wanted to bring up and I wanted to ask you, so what is it like to be the founder and CEO of a tech company as a female? How is how do you think that has helped or hurt your experience so far through the journey here? Yeah, so um, it's an interesting role for sure. And you have to understand, I, I come from an environment where um, I worked with all females. So uh, lots of female boss ladies. 
Um, and I'm, I'm stepping into and have been in a world of um, more males in the tech world. And so um, I think it brings its own set of challenges. But honestly, I have been surrounded by a really awesome team to kind of help me navigate that process. Um, and there are also some really great mentors in the Kansas City area, like uh, Kelly Sievers, who um, is helping me navigate that process as well. I mean, do you, do you feel like there's been any specific instances where because you were a female, you know, this happened or that happened or? I think, um, you know, on the, on the fundraising side of things, there are opportunities, um, for women led, um, for capital for women led companies. And I think, um, that's a benefit for sure. Um, but yeah, I, it, it definitely is, um, I'm just curious if you feel like you've been discriminated against in any way. You know, honestly, I... Or you just don't know it, potentially, I guess. Yeah, I I think that, of course, um, you know, when when I walk in the room, I'm sure that there are, um, you know, concerns or questions about me being a female tech leader, but hopefully when they leave... I don't don't get it. I don't... I mean, because I don't think that way. I mean, I'm not like... And I, I, I... want to remove the labels like you're an entrepreneur you're a founder i'm not like hey matt there's a female entrepreneur and a female founder and a female tech ceo coming in yeah honestly i feel like people almost upplay that a little bit too much honestly to your question i haven't really thought of myself as different than Mm -hmm. the other ceos in that way i think um, you know, there there are some opportunities in the community that are beneficial, but at the same time, you know, um, we're we're all in the same field. We're all playing in the same field, and I think um, I haven't I have not personally viewed myself as disadvantaged or mm-hmm. um, you know. In well, a so I'm just curious if else. yeah, it's if just been it's been a specific... hot it's been a hot topic. It is. A, it's yeah. something that's going around a lot. I mean, some of it's just I think nice like numbers driven and. It's, I think it's difficult also to just compare like one industry, like there's just some things. I mean, we did on some levels, we did this to ourselves because, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter and like people give her a a kitchen set for her birthday. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why didn't you give her a laptop, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or like something like that? I mean, it's just like, but we we have kind of conditioned our own kids to kind of play gender roles on some level. But I, I think that's a really interesting comment and probably why I haven't necessarily viewed myself as different is, um, my dad is a, uh, he runs a small business and growing up, um, you know, it's, it was my job to help mow the lawn. It was my job to help my mom in the kitchen, you know, like there, the roles were gender neutral and always I had a seat at the table. There you, you know, go. If, if, if we were doing something with his business, I had a, had a seat at the table. And that's something that I want to empower with um my children and with other females who are coming up you have no matter your role you have a seat at the table i've been doing that with my own daughter who turns five in 10 days she's got she seems to have the entrepreneurial gene i took her to an innovator event last week because she wanted to she wants to start a lemonade stand 
but I've told her, I'm like, you don't know anything about business. Like you need a plan. You need to raise some capital. Like I'm sitting there I talking, I'm talking to, I'm like sitting there talking to a five-year-old. Yeah. Like I would talk to like you yeah. or anyone else. And my wife's just like, they're shaking her head. But at the same time, that's like what she needs. But yeah, so we went to this and she sat through nine demos and then she wanted to give her own. If you had met my daughter, you'd know that she would have too. Um, but then she was kind of like, and, and during the demo, she made herself a name tag because she saw other people wearing them. And so she was figuring it out. And at the end, you know, I, she said, she's kind of like, well, what do I do? And I said, well, you need money for your lemonade stand. There was like 40 people in the room. I was like, go start asking some people for money. I wasn't, I didn't think she was really going to do it, but she did. And she raised $6. And like, the funny thing was, is, you know, they always say that first one's the hardest. She asked a couple of people and then one person gave her a dollar and then like they were lining up. Donald Hawkins tried to give her his whole wallet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you have to step in? And, and, no, no, no. Well, no, I told her she went, needed five bucks. She raised six. So technically she was oversubscribed. Okay. And then, but then she, you know, we I said, what? She said, well, what do we do? And I told her, I was like, well, we have to count your money. So she counted it. So a little accounting there. And um, I said, we'll have to make a plan. And the ride home, which was a 30 minute ride, she was talking about writing a business plan. So when we got back, she wanted to do it. We put her money in an envelope. We wrote $6 on it. And then she wanted to write a business plan. So I had her put it on the back of a, a and by the way, this is like the, probably the most straightforward business plan ever. She wrote sell lemonade. Perfect. I was like, you are on it. <laughs> like you, no distraction, no bells and whistles here. Get right to it. A lot so, of founders struggle with uh, how to simplify that. Uh, mission I, that's why I said, so I, was like, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, good for her on that. So Caitlin, I have a question for you. Have you ever played mixtape the game? I have not. Would you like to? Sure. <laughs> she seems apprehensive. <laughs> Mixtapethegame.com. Anyway, I've pulled a card out of the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario. We're all going to pick a song, and then we will vote for who wins. You may not vote for yourself. Okay. What album or song? Ooh, album, Matt. You get Yes. A, you, Matt has a problem with like picking Limp Biscuit, which, by the way, is still a band, not an album. Yeah. Okay. Um, what album or song would you listen to during the, cre the passionate creation of your first masterpiece? And I'm going to pick one that no one knows, but I'll explain why I'm going to go with all in time by Umphreys McGee, which is a 20 minute song by the way. But, and it, it says I'm well endowed with all the doubt I need. Cause I think on the way to creating any masterpiece at many different times, you're like, oh man, can I do, you have a lot of doubt and you kind of persevere and keep you know, moving forward. You know, that song they play with the clowns when they're like all trying to get into the car at the same time. <laughs> that, that song, that that's one? the one I'm picking. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what it's called. It's kind of for the same I'm going reason. with that. Song. It's almost for the same reasons that I just described. There's like a lot of doubt. Like how many clowns can we get in yeah, the car? Like, that's the song I'm going like, with. I think I'm going to have to go with, um, just on our topic today, Shania Twain's album, and uh, I feel like a woman. Okay, okay. Is that a whole album or is that a song? No, it's a, a song. It's a song, okay. but um, but you're going with the whole album. But I'm going with Shania Twain in general. Album. Yeah. Okay, but with that song on it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That yeah. was a bit of a clown show too. And what did See, you pick again? A, I'm picking the song All in Time by Umphreys McGee, which you won't know, but yeah. it does all in time is the point. It's like it all comes in time, but you have to get past your own self-doubt and okay. stuff like that. And like I said, I know no one will know it, but I've I've listened to that song like a hundred times for weird creative reasons. Okay. How so. do we how do we verify that it's an actual song? That song? Yeah. 
Oh man, we could play it for 20 minutes. And well, go I'm going to vote it for is her. A song. I'm, I'm voting for her. I'm actually going to vote for you. Really? Yeah, because I right. think the clown show. Like I got it. In my, <laughs> I, got, I got it in my head, and and you know, but the th- but the thing is, is much like I said, being a masterpiece, being you're well endowed with all the doubt you need. Well, the clown show is like the next step in that. You're like, can we even do this? And then the clowns come in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can totally relate to the clown show. So I'm going to have to go with that one. As yes. Well. Watson Woo-hoo! putting up the W. Well, despite Matt's victory there, um, you will be leaving today's recording with your own copy of mixtape, the game. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. We can thank mixtape, the game.com and Joel Johnson for bringing those by. So, um, as we wrap up this episode, we like to end our episodes of startup hustle with what we have called called the founders freestyle. And we will just kind of, we're going to start with you and we'll work your way back to me. You get, I don't know, take a minute and anything you want to add, it can, it can be advice. It can, you can, it can be a pitch. You can sing. I feel like a woman. <laughs> it's, it's up to you. It's a freestyle. Um, you know, I think I'll really hit on, um, the need for a product and kind of where I come from. Um, I talked a little bit about fundraising and, you know, we've been given a lot of mentorship on, um, get your nine no's as fast as you can, so you can get your one yes. Right. And so, um, that's, that can be challenging. Right. Um, so I think, you know, for me, for every one of those no's, if I have spread awareness on the challenges to pediatric therapy and really opened the eyes of, hey, this isn't just snacks and games, you know, this is this is an art. This is a real challenge for, for therapists and for parents. I think that that's a win for me. And so I just kind of want to shine a little bit of light on what our platform is doing for therapists and for parents who are in the trenches of navigating that journey. And, um, so, yeah. Yeah. I just want to go back and and talk a minute about, we talked earlier about selecting a a market to focus on and building a product around that. And I think what you guys are doing is a great example of something that was a similar challenge that there's probably a hundred different use cases for in some sense, it's probably not that much different than a school and a student and tracking that sort of stuff. Right. Like, You know, there's a million different use cases for these things, and ultimately you pick one very specific use case and you become the best at it, and you become a lot more successful, right? Where you can go to your customer and be like, hey, we have the perfect product for you, and they can look at it and quickly say, yep, this makes sense, right? Versus it's like saying, I want a CRM system. But if I'm a car dealer and I go search for a CRM system, it makes more sense if all the advertising and all the marketing and all the things make speak directly to them of like, yeah, we have a CRM system perfect for you versus it being salesforce.com or just some generic CRM system. Right. So, you know, that, that's, that's the key um, that a lot of founders struggle with is they want to be all things to everybody, but you can't, you got to really focus. Right. You know, I realized is, and thank you for both of you. I realized that here we are 42 minutes later. And you know, this episode of startup hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io. So she talked about it earlier. I yeah, think, I think she did the. the yeah, I know that's. I, I think that's yeah. maybe why I didn't say much about yeah. it. But also, you can go to Therawe. That's T H E R A We Connect dot com, and I don't think we did enough to maybe impress that they could go find the Therawe product there. Um, for my freestyle, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna point out again that you know that if you want to get it done 
and you are tenacious, there are local resources all over. I mean, you look at, at Therawi, they won $25,000 plus six or $7,000 cash a year ago. They got 25K from us at full scale. Another, uh, I mean, six or seven grand cash. Digital Sandbox was, was 20K. Uh, launch KC, go to launchkc.org, and they directly lined up with a, with a health tech um, thing. And that was another, I mean, who knows, that could have been a six-figure ring of the bell. Um, a lot of resources there. That's a mix, too. That's cash. That's resources. There's other stuff, advice, things like that. And you guys have been, you know, you and Kirby and, and the team at Therawi um, have done an amazing job of of ringing the bell. Like you're almost like running down the line with the hammer, like ding, 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 ding. And, and, but that's, that's, I think that's validating for a lot of people. You've had an idea and you've bootstrapped it when and where you've needed. And you know, like you, you're not going to get accepted to any of this stuff. If you don't go apply people, like you've got to try, like get your shit together, make a decent pitch, take the feedback that the people give you. Don't get hurt about it. When you don't win, come back with a stronger game. Some of these people that apply for digital sandbox have literally like they're on their third or fourth pass. Jeff told me that like, it's kind of rare to win on the first try. Did you win on the first try? No, we did not. Boom. That's my point. Like, and you guys are showing off all the resources that are available to you. You just got to keep going out there and making progress and rage, rest, repeat. And you probably, and I would guess you'd say we wouldn't be where we are today without all the help that we've received. Right. So, yeah, and that, yeah. but my point is, is, and much like he said, like you didn't get it the at Sandbox right. the first time. Like just because you apply, and and Caitlin, you said something here that everyone listening needs to hear. Get through nine no's, you're closer to a yes. Yep. Get through ninety nine no's. I got ninety nine no's, and yes ain't one. Is that how that song goes? <laughs> but, but the point is, is like that. But that's common, and you know, I come from a sales background, and that's just what how it goes. Like I don't, I mean, you're like okay, cool. Like it's next. There's what, what my two favorite four letter words in sales are sold and next. Cause if it's not there, just say next, move on. So anyway, thank you so much for coming in. I'd love to love what you're doing. Um, we need to get you back in here um, down the line so we can do some follow-up on this. Cause you guys really are a shining example of, of putting together local resource. I mean, do you agree, Matt? You gotta admit that's pretty. Impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it's great. All the resources we have in the community. So it's, yeah. it's great that you guys be able to take advantage of them. And yeah, I hope they continue to get more and more of these types of resources and we have more and more startups that go through them. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I just have to say thank you to um, the people in the community that have provided that opportunity to us, because like you guys said, um, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at without the the resources in the Kansas City area. So and, thank you. And I think we have to really shout out Lisa Mitchell, who connected you to begin with, right? Yeah. The networking. All starting out there. Start. Just starting with, a, a, you know, somebody networking the two of you together. You got two founders that get together, right? I mean, that's where it all started. I always say, and again, that's the community. Think, think like that's Nike. Right. Think like Nike, man. Just, just do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, whatever it is that's preventing you from being successful, just do it. Thank you, Lisa Mitchell. Anyway, see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.